Welcome to Rocketman Explores, where we voyage forth and delve into the world of sci-fi. But wait a minute. Ah, that's better. So this season, we're going to be exploring alternate universes. What they are, how dark they could be compared to our regular ones, and just what kind of strange, wondrous, and terrible things can be found there. So come and join me on this journey, and we'll all go and find wonder and terror and strangeness together. Hello again, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between, and welcome to another episode of Rocket Man Explores. We are once again perusing our way through the Star Trek universe with a very special guest and close friend of the show. Our triple has stopped her gallivanting around the galaxy for a bit, doing who knows what, and has... Or come- who. Or... <laughs> I think she knows. Hopefully she knows who. But we'll, maybe we'll ask. Maybe we won't. So welcome back to the show, Alexa. Hi. Lovely to be here. How was, was your trip around? Did you... Uh, around the sun? Yeah. Did you vibrate as much as I you did. wanted to? So much vibration. Excellent. Just constant vibrating. Excellent. Mm, yeah. Good. That's what we were all hoping. That's what we all hope for. That's... Just like a constant vibration, right? I know that our listeners were like, I don't want her to stop doing that. No. So I'm glad to hear that we're still going. <laughs> Like the Energizer Bunny of Vibrators. Sing vibrating. There we go. We'll 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 start the day today off with that mental image. So, as I said, we are still cruising around the universe of Star Trek and we're going back to the one of the OGs of alternate universes. We're going all the way back to the original series episode Mirror Mirror, where we are first introduced to the dark universe. Not the same as the one that we viewed in Next Generations, which is more of a quantum parallels type universe. This is sort of, I don't want to say standard issue, but your basic everybody is evil universe. Everyone is mirrored and that means everyone is bad. We also get to meet Spock's beard, Burr's abs, Uh, and evil sashes. Indeed, evil gold sashes. Gold sashes. which is and scars, of course. It's a remarkable sartorial choice that, like the evil empire, it's you know mm-hmm. gold and sparkly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Someone really had a thing against flamboyant people. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you know, it was the '60s? Maybe there's a couple of <laughs> hidden messaging there. Well, yeah. Who knows? I have a story about um, the um, wardrobe, but we can get to that later. Okay, yeah. perfect. It's a good one. So for those of you who don't know, we're not going to do a traditional recap, as you're aware. But for those of you who don't know, uh, the basis for this episode is that. Kirk, Scotty, Uhura, and McCoy are down on a planet, and they are negotiating with a particular species, species, race, society, however you want to call it, for some dilithium, and they're not going to give it to them because this species practices a policy of total and utter peace at all times, and the possibility that the dilithium could be used offensively at some point in the future is too much for them to consider, and so they cannot. Which, I will get into how insane a philosophy that actually is, and totally wouldn't function, but anyways, we'll get into that later. The four of them decide to beam up after a lightning storm starts with some truly amazing 60s-era lightning effects, which I love. I love that sound effect. I love the flashing. It's great. It just makes me so happy. I'm not quite sure why. And while the electrical interference uh, hits the transporter, the, our four heroes are transported to a different enterprise in a different universe, and that is where the fun begins. Mm-hmm. Because this is our introduction to the 
because it's different, everything is evil concept of the Terran Empire. The Terran Empire. The Terran Empire. The Terran Empire of the gold sashes. Yeah, with of the gold sashes and the everyone has to show all women have to show their abs at all times. Yeah, so this is the this is also a really fun um theory of what an evil universe is, is that the men wear sashes and the women wear less clothes. Yeah, it's curious that like the, the men the, cover up their stomachs and yeah. the ladies show them off. The evil universe, the ladies like have to dress sexier for some reason. Because there's because Star Trek uniforms in the 60s and the, the original series weren't sexy enough. Yeah, for the, 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 the shorts the already tiny, were like the tiny skirts. That I don't. I still don't understand how they sit down and don't flash every time they sit down. I guess it's an equal society. They don't care if they flash. I don't know. No, I mean on the TV series. Oh like, you yeah, because that's that's some like there's a lot of maneuvering on the females' part well, to a, not flash. And there's always consoles in front there's, or this. There's that, not the other. always, always with a because sometimes you see side leg. That's true. And I'm just saying, as yep. someone who has worn short dresses and skirts, it's a real challenge. Like, it, she might look cool and collected, but she is. There's a lot of effort going into not showing bum cheek. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's appreciate Michelle Nichols' performance just a little bit yeah. more that she managed to get through the show without having her ass completely hang out. I bet you there's some outtakes. Oh, yeah, most definitely there's some <laughs> outtakes. <laughs> well, but although she does do excellently in this episode, you know, gets mm -hmm. to threaten people with a knife and all sorts of great stuff. Right. Does she Does she have the boot knife? She does she have does. the boot knife. She's got the boot knife, which she busts out to great effect. Yeah, I... I... The thing that I wrote down as I saw that was, I want a boot knife. Yeah. I want I want knives for my boots. That's what I decided. So the sort of the premise of this, the premise of this alternate universe is very simple. It's instead of the Federation's not good, the Federation is evil, and everybody involved with it is evil. What's curious is that they don't take that further with anything else. You meet the same species or race that they were negotiating with in the original universe, and they seem to be exactly the same. They're still peaceful. They The Terran Empire has been ordered to destroy them because they won't give them Dralithium. They're exactly the same. So, But the weird thing is, though, like the Vulcans are clearly as bad or like in the Terran Empire. But yeah. But aren't the Klingons still... Is it the Klingons or the Romulans that are still essentially their enemy like they are in the, the, the normal series, right? Well, what's funny is that sort of watching this episode with the benefit of hindsight of all the other ones they did since then, changes that narrative a bit. Mm. For now, we don't actually know. The The information that's given to us in this episode, you don't really know. You know that Spock is different, but yeah. not... not Spock is not as different as any of the re as most of the rest. Of I them. mean, he's got a beard. It's pretty. different. I mean, that's pretty different. It's pretty different. But I find it curious that Spock's character changes the least, and it could be. Yeah. I think it's just the emotions. It's the like uh, the every other character that is bad, quote yep. unquote, is showing a lot of emotions. Yes, like anger emotions, but still very, very emotional men. It's mostly a show of, like, very emotional men. Yeah, getting very, very upset about yeah. a wide variety of things. Mostly testosterone-based things. <laughs> Anger and and ego yeah. and um, mutiny and overthrowing people and all that stuff. But but, Sp but it just it makes sense, then, that Spock would be somewhat less different because he's still, in this context, not showing much emotion. Well, that and, at least I thought maybe a bit of, if you view it in terms of, like, a spectrum of scale from, like, yeah, the most emotionally Kirk and such on one far end uh, of necessity, then their alternates are going to be way further on the other. Whereas mm -hmm. Spock, 
is obviously a like very as, as a moral person, moral character, but of necessity during the course of the show, he usually adopts the more pragmatic, which can be the more ruthless and such position for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So because he's sort of closer to the middle end of that spectrum, his inverse is also closer to the middle end of the spectrum than any mm -hmm. of the rest of them. Also, his love for Kirk, though, just like it is unchanged. Yeah, it doesn't change, which yeah. is which because love conquers all men. But considering love what you see, conquers evil is what we're being told. Considering what you see of how shit like this universe's mm -hmm. Kirk is. Why maybe, Spock? Maybe Spock's really into that. Like maybe, maybe. that's what he's yeah. looking for from good Spock or good uh, Kirk. Like maybe that's what's missing. A little domination. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit more going on there than meets the eye. Kirk's, you know, what can I give you, Spock? Like money, yeah. power, what do you want? Yeah. What and anyways, their their love transcends all. Yeah. yeah. If there's one universal constant, <laughs> if there's one dimensional constant constant. Yeah. <clears throat> it's theirs that. is a love that traverses parallel universes. Yeah, but it's yeah. The, the the hindsight of that is that so in the context of this story, you don't know if any of the other alien races have changed. For example, in a future episode of which we will be discussing the Enterprise one, but I'll bring in very briefly here the start of the Enterprise alternate universe uh, episodes shows from the movie. I believe it was their second film from First Contact when they meet the Vulcans come down at the very end of the movie and meet Zephyrin Cochran. They reuse that footage, but instead of Cochran holding out his hand and shaking them, he shoots the Vulcan in the chest with a shotgun. Mm -hmm. But the Vulcans act the exact same way. Mm -hmm. So they may, originally they may have been unchanged, but contact with the changed Earth and their sort of ethos and their view of how things must be done has at this point in the story now changed them as well and probably everyone else that they've come in contact mm -hmm. with. It's really like... The this original series episode really is more of like this is just the alternative universe, but the Enterprise one is more of like a butterfly effect situation. Yeah, exactly. Like one single decision was changed. All and then... all future ones, with the exception of the 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 uh, TNG episode that we first spoke about, where they take a completely different tact on what alternate universes could be. All the rest of the Star Trek ones all ripple out from this original episode, so they all retain the same concept of evil federation but not necessarily much else has changed yeah but they're also all keeping the same idea of evil ladies wear less clothes yeah that doesn't change and scars. that doesn't change this... scars are always bad <laughs> beards are always bad beards are always bad but sashes don't come in yeah it's, a, it's a, a disappointing lack of sashes apparently that's a sartorial choice that mm -hmm. didn't carry forward or indeed backwards mm -hmm. that's just that's a purely enterprise that's yeah. a purely like original series thing that everyone wears sashes which is unfortunate sashes are great yeah I've, I've never met a person wearing a sash that wasn't delightful especially sparkly gold ones yeah if you see someone walking down the street in a sparkly gold sash you want to know what's up yeah you're like there's a story there yeah yeah and so you see exactly you see <laughs> we see who who is it that's wearing a kirk is wearing a gold sash mm -hmm. um spock is wearing a sash I forget if McCoy, I don't think McCoy is wearing one. Do we want to talk about Sulu? Because Sulu is creepy as shit. Yeah. Let's, okay. He's a giant old creepo. So let's get into alternate, specific alternate versions of our characters. Okay. So Sulu is the most intense. Chekhov's. But Sulu is not just evil. He is. Uh, a creep. But he's more than a creep. Like yeah. he is like, I'm going to attack you. And like mostly ladies. Well, Sulu seems to. 
Sulu seems to have taken, instead of being the navigator, he seems to have taken the position of the Gestapo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's the also, most... Also, he has a scar, so... Yeah, so he's clearly the worst. He's the And worst. he's like the most Heinrich Himmler type. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, speaking of Heinrich Himmler, we talk about the fact that they all do the Nazi salute to each other? Yes. All the time? Yeah. I mean... Did I... Nazis wear sashes? Is that where that's coming from? I mean, they were very fashion conscious. But did... I don't think they wore sashes. I don't think so. Um, I guess there are a lot of instances, though. I think there are a lot of military uniforms, like, back in the day that did have sashes. The 1800s, like, the Napoleonic era and such forward, there were a lot of sashes. There was a lot of primary colors. There was a lot of sash going on. Cause, I think that what we're deciding is that the costume designer yeah. wa was a big fan of Napoleon. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> for, I'm not 100% on this, but I think part of the reason why that was, why all their uniforms were so, like, primary color-oriented and such, is... Back then when you had muskets and such, the fog of battle, the yeah. smoke would be so thick, you needed those to even identify who the fuck you were shooting at. Yeah. But, you know, you don't need those so with like phasers, a, but screw them. Keep but like them. a smart army at that time would have just had gray uniforms then. Well, it depends on how big your army is. If you're a small irregular force like the Americans, sure. But if you're 10,000 guys and you can't tell who it is, mm -hmm. you're going to shoot it. You're going to end up shooting at each other half the time. So that's true. No, not necessarily. Not if you're in a large Unless your scale enemy engagement. is all wearing bright colors and then you just know don't ever shoot the gray guy. Yeah, but it big, you know, I mean, shit, we still shoot at each other now. Sure. It, it just someone must I mean, have I thought think, of that. And I, yet they never. I, did I don't it. I don't think that we're arguing. Yeah. Like, I think that we're both on the same page. That yeah. War is pretty dumb and kind of ineffective. Yes. <laughs> it didn't want to like what it's trying to accomplish. There's a lot of flaws. Yeah. But there must there must have been a reason why no large scale European army did do that. Did wear like I'm smoke sure, camouflage. I'm sure you're right. I'm yeah. sure it was to avoid shooting everyone. Yeah. Because, yeah, let's face it, the guns back then were not. No, they weren't right. the most accurate of things. Also, they were just, like, very cumbersome and, and reloading them were a lot. But anyways, this isn't a military history podcast. Anyhow, let's bring that back. <laughs> Sashes. Fantastic. Sashes. But, but, yeah, I mean. Sashes I, and Sulu being a creep. 60s shorthand also, like, how do you identify even uh, evil empire when it's only, like, 20 years after World War II? Have them all do the Nazi salute. Boom. Done. Yeah. Excellent. But, yeah, Sulu is... Yeah, Sulu is super creepy. Super he's, creepy. He he's super creepy with Ahura. Mm -hmm. He's he he like he he's even creepy in how he holds his weaponry. Really. Mm -hmm. Like when he's trying, when him and Kirk are facing off, he's got this weird sort of like straight arm. I'm like West Side Story. I'm gonna shank you thing going on there. Yeah. He's got some really weird looks to him. Anytime Ahura's like, when Ahura decides to seduce him to distract. Him from his security duties, he gets extra creepy there. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sulu's the most intense. Which just might be uh, like a comment on how good of an actor George Takei is. George is great. Is it Takei? Ta Takei. Ta yeah, George is great in this episode. Mm -hmm. He's he's got like the whole evil crazed looks down pat and such. Mm -hmm. He's he's fantastic in this, and also it may be a commentary on how on. You don't see Sulu that much in the original series, but perhaps it's a commentary on exactly like how sort of mild-mannered and essentially good Sulu in the original series is. That he's he's probably the most inverse. He's the worst because in the other one he's he's like the most straightforward. He's the best. He's yeah. he never does anything untoward. Mm -hmm. You know, Kirk is still like a womanizing maniac no matter what universe you're in. Can we talk about his lady friend? Okay. So because I've got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, let's hit that. In this universe, let's hate, let's hate that. <laughs> that's what he thought as soon as well, she walked out. I mean, that's kind of what she said. But that's, anyways, go ahead. 
So in this universe, another thing that has changed is that, and again, this continues as an enterprise, which we will get to in future episodes, is that the captain has a captain's woman, mm-hmm. which, you know, doesn't seem something completely out of character for Kirk, except perhaps that he wouldn't be a one-woman man. So in a way, alternate universe Kirk is... And this is just <sighs> a concubine like the, does she do does she have a, a a station the relation yeah yes because she was just when he first comes in she was describing how messed up the science deck was and then later on she says do i still have my rank so i think she is so the uh, idea is that she's a crew she member. is a crew member she's the science officer on board the ship or one okay. of the science officers on board the ship but is also the captain's concubine for lack of a better word so i have a quote that I wrote down because yep. it's real disturbing that she says, and she says, I've been a captain's woman and I like it. I'll be one again. If I have to go through every officer in the fleet. fleet yeah. And I believe Kirk follows it up with you totally could or something to that effect. Uh, he says you can be anything you want to be. No, he says that later when Does she he? goes to slap him after he says, and you could too. And uh, then she gets pissed and he goes, what I meant was you, you could be anything you uh-huh. want to be. Well, that, yeah. that makes more sense of why I wrote smooth afterwards. No. Um, but let's talk about her outfit. Okay. So this yeah. is the story that I read, is that um, the actress playing her, she was filming all of her scenes, mm-hmm. and then on the like fourth day of filming, she woke, or after four days of filming, she woke up and had like a really high fever and had strep throat. Yeah. And she didn't want to call in sick, so she went to like um to record or to film and they saw her and were like no go home like you need to go see a doctor yeah and so she was out for like a month or something okay and then they just continued filming all the other stuff and then she came back to film it that's why her like outfit is different Ah. but also though apparently when she was sick she had lost weight so the costume that they had for her when she came back didn't fit her anymore. <laughs> oh, no. And um, what's his face? Roddenberry. <laughs> the quote that I heard her saying was that Roddenberry looked at her in the outfit and said, you gross. So <laughs> Nice, Gene. Yeah. So then the costume person put her in a bikini and draped fabric on her. And that's why we have that see-through that rainbow. That see-through chiffon thingamabob. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. Like, I had noted that already, that that see-through rainbow Captain Mumu, whatever you want to call it, is mm. is great. But also, it makes more sense that it was literally just fabric draped yeah, on her. Yeah, just fabric draped on her because they didn't have a costume that could fit. So, like, screw it. We'll put that on. Yeah. So that's why she looks different. That makes a lot of sense. Also, her hair bugged me a lot. There was, like, a weird thing on her head. Like, her forehead. Yeah. And it really bothered me. Yeah. There's, like, a sort of a... Uh, like, it was there on purpose. It. it wasn't, like, out of place. It was there on purpose, but it... Yeah. It was strange. It bugged me. It was a strange decision. And the decision. biggest hair, because of course, in the 60s. You gotta have the biggest hair. Biggest hair. Yeah, so she is a disturbing take on what alternative dark universes means for women. Yeah. In 60s sci-fi. Well, you know, it, it seems as though, so advancements for men are kill your way to the top, mm-hmm. and advancements for women are screw your way to the top. And also wear bikinis and, all the time. Well, if that helps you screw your way to the top. I guess. Uh, so that's, yeah, that seems to be the general advancement, which would seem like an insane system for, like, a for military discipline, for mm-hmm. one thing, mm-hmm. like, or for any kind of discipline. How would you possibly run a ship like that? Like, that well, doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, this is sort of, unfortunately... More of a indication of where, like, the society that this show is being filmed in, like, the 60s yeah. society 
they were not looking at the women as being actual equal partners in their military-based hierarchical no. crew. Like, they were, at best, akin to secretaries. Like, her working with languages yeah. is it's kind of kind akin of to being a secretary, unfortunately. Yeah. And, like, th- this show is great in that it pushed some boundaries, but it still was very... I mean, what is what are we at now? Fifty years, sixty years? Yeah, more, almost sixty at this point. No, it is sixty now. Yeah. So sixty years ago, yeah. Um, so I think it it's less uh, like I don't think anyone was thinking about what having the women sleep their way to the top means for like a military hierarchy and discipline. Yeah, I think they're just mostly like ladies bang. Yeah, that makes sense. Or like as men, we want the ladies to bang. So yeah. Yeah. So, like, this, it, it, it's weird trying to classify what type of alternate universe this is. It's not, it's not a scientific alternate universe like the previous one we examined was. The previous one we examined was a quantum-based alternate universe possibility of, like, sort of the infinite branching universe theory. It had, it had a lot of basis in current scientific theory, theory and ultimate universes. This one does not. This one is much more of a what-if sort of it's a what if concept that uses the sort of framework of it's an alternate universe to explore that but it's it's not a scientific alternate universe basis it's like an emotional alternate universe basis it's a a what if our heroes were bad alternate so it's honestly it's really situated in the 60s just coming out of world war ii in the cold war that's what it is yeah it's what if the nazis had won yeah or what if russia wins yeah it's it's not it's not like but i mean to be fair a lot of the stuff that was produced in that time being evil meant you were basically the nazis or the nazis or the russians yeah it's yeah it's a what if their their concept of what being evil meant was very limited in terms of yeah what was going on i mean to be fair i'm sure that it's the same for most eras but it's really obvious and coming out but i mean i get it coming out of what it is that they came out of you know for sure i get that but i think that might explain why it's such a kind of limited view of what it means to be bad and it's not scientific and it's it's, yeah it's it's a limited view of what an alternate universe is like in a in a in a true alternate universe the society they were talking to would be different there would Mm -hmm. there would be more that would be different Wait, which which society you're talking about? The Sorry. guys that they're the the the, the oh, people the, that they're negotiating the, okay. with yeah. at the very beginning claim that even ge- they would rather die as a race than give the dilithium to the uh, to the Federation on the possibility that it may be used to kill one person mm-hmm. because they adopt total and complete peace. The death mm-hmm. of any living thing is uh, is like unacceptable to them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Surely they have immune systems, which means they murder viruses and bacteria every day, every day. Like every every living thing has a nothing is completely peaceful. Everything has an intrinsic defense system to it. Plants have thorns. We have immune system. Everything has the idea of a complete peace where you would rather destroy your entire race than allow the possibility of one person dying. You're not necessarily comparing equivalent things there. Because what you're comparing is defense mechanisms yeah. to a killing not for defense. Of course, but they don't have any defense mechanisms but, either. But what I'm all. saying, though, is your comparison of them saying that they don't want to give this over for someone else to use it to kill someone else yeah. is different than an immune system protecting you from dying. Because I think, I think if you were comparing it to them saying, well, we don't want to use this to defend ourselves, for sure that comparison is accurate. But it's not exactly the same. All right. right? So then let's go there. 
in a universe where the Terran Empire exists mm-hmm. or anything like that, and I it's get, an if impractical you, if you position say, to take. So the thing is, just being an asshole and being yeah. devil's advocate, the the reality of what you're trying to argue is yeah. basically... It's it it just depends on where you fall on the spectrum of of um, being a pacifist versus yeah. not, right? And I I wish that I remembered where I read or heard this, but I remember there being a study where they found that in groups of humans, where there is cooperation mm. amongst all of the people, those communities flourish. But all it takes is for one person to come in there and be self-interested and yep. be cutthroat. And then it all implodes. It all destroys. So when you say it's irrational, it actually is more rational for people to work together. It, it, it benefits people. But the problem is that if there is one person in a group of 100 that isn't doing that, then all of a sudden with that one person there it doesn't make sense for the 100 other people because that one person will just destroy everyone. But if all 100 are actually doing the same thing, then it actually benefits them to a large degree. So what you're arguing is maybe it does make sense for them as a planet if absolutely everyone on that planet is on board. Yes. The problem comes in that they aren't... They They aren't alone in in the universe. Yeah. So, but then, I mean, it's it's the same thing of, of when you look at Earth politics between countries, right? Yeah. There's countries that are way more closer to being pacifists than aggressors, but often that comes from the fact that they are able to, based on geographical locations and their the level of threat they have to like actual invasions or their wealth or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The thing is, even the comparison with Earth, though, everyone is assumed at a certain point to be a rational actor. Everyone, every nation on Earth is assumed to a certain point to not want to murder its own citizens or anything like that. But it is established in Star Trek that it is common knowledge that there are forces in the universe that are beyond the concept of rational actors. There's the crystalline entity, there are the Borg. There are things that absolutely and in no way could ever possibly be construed as anything other than hostile. But those don't exist in all parts of the galaxy. So that's true. So again, taking it back to the Earth example, there are parts of the world that existed in their own type of balance with the people that existed there. And they had their own way of dealing with conflict and they had their own way of of conducting and interacting between different social groups. So, for example, the Americas. Yep. And then an actor that came in from far away that they had never met before that had been blocked by certain geographical limitations until their technology advanced to the point where they could cross those barriers came in with better technology and annihilated them Yep. for a lot of different reasons. And I don't want to get into that because it's deeply complicated and the history of colonialism is um, not a fun topic, but read gun germs and steel. It'll get you there. But, um, but that, but my point being that if, the universe is vast as we know that it is. For example, yeah. with Voyager, we know that there's all these different qu- quadrants and the far-flung one that Voyager ends up in, a lot of the the people and the, the cultures that they interact with and they come across there have never come far enough in that the societies in whatever the closest quadrant to Earth live. Yep. They've never interacted. No. Because they couldn't because they were so far apart. No. So it is totally plausible for a society on a planet to arise for them to all buy into being pacifists 100%, and for within that context of that one planet, for it to make sense. The issue comes when those more aggressive actors are develop the technology that yep. is advanced enough for them to get to them. So we don't know if the Borg even exist in this alternate universe. That's true. Right? 
And do, do the Borg actually come in in the original series, or do they come in uh, in the other series? The Borg do not come in the original series. The Borg are introduced. So they don't in even the next exist generation. yet in this. In when this when this episode comes out, they don't even exist. No, but we know that the Klingons and the Romulans. And but all we them don't do know exist. whether the that one planet has interacted with the Klingons and the Vulcans. Probably it has if they're interacted with the Terran Empire. But my point being that yeah. you you just don't know, yes. right? So it's not a question of being rational or irrational. It might just be that they haven't had to cross that bridge. <laughs> they haven't had to deal with that conflict. That's true. But the decision they make is, okay, that bridge that we cross is and the entire species. But again, if you really are, if you really as a whole planet society have bought in deeply to being pacifists and the first, the first potential issue that you come across, you probably are going to be like, no, this has worked for us in the past. Based yeah. on our past successes, we're going to continue doing this. And it would only be when something truly devastating happens that you would be forced, unfortunately, to reconcile your belief system with this new outside force yeah. that completely destroys everything that you've ever believed in. It's just alarming that it's just one guy that's telling them that. I mean, like, nah, man, the whole planet's willing to die. It's like, all right, all right. I mean, sure, but again, that goes into a whole other discussion yeah. about politics and, and our elected leaders, and maybe there's a whole underground rebellion on this planet. That Who knows? That this. is like, no, we're not, we're not, but anyhow, that, that's going a bit too far down the rabbit hole. We got a little deep into politics yeah. there. But again, the, the limitations of calling this an alternate universe is that all our main characters are different, the Federation is different. But they remain exactly the same. And a lot of other things remain exactly the same. They were very specific in what they wanted to be different in this story. It would be too jarring if they changed absolutely everything. And yes. they wouldn't be able to tell... They're, they wouldn't be able to tell the story they wanted to tell. And the, the story they wanted to tell was, here are the characters that you love, but now they're evil. Yeah, because they've got... And you need, a, you need a similar backdrop to showcase just how different they are. And it makes sense then to have them interact with the same people that you've already seen them interact with. And hence why you need some of the people from the original good universe. Uh, later on, they will abandon that Maybe it's that not somewhat. good or bad. Maybe they're just neutral. Maybe they're the neutral universe. Maybe there's a much better universe where... Maybe the neutral universe was the backdrop and the, the humans are either good or bad. Yeah, there's a universe where Kirk and Riker haven't single-handedly caused the book on not banging <laughs> every alien you come across to be written. We don't know. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that book. Yeah, that's a great, that's such a great implication. But it, <laughs> I, again, you know, so this is our hero, Kirk. But as mm -hmm. soon as his lady comes out, the very first thing you can see him thinking is, well, you know, going to have to sleep with her. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you're going to have to take one for the team. Yeah, going to have to take one for the team. I may be good, Kirk, but I'm not that good, Kirk. Well, I mean, good Kirk is still a womanizer. Yeah. In this context, right? Are the Kirk that people know and love is one that would, bang, one that absolutely would bang absolutely anyone. Anyone. Except for he never bangs dudes openly. That's I mean, anyone would be yeah. Spock. He never does yeah, he never does it openly. <laughs> we don't we, know. We don't know. Can we briefly talk about like the establishment you never see Spock fight most of the time in the series. He generally tends except for a couple times, mm -hmm. but he usually uses his pinch or something. But here like, evil Spock takes there's, on... There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of... and Also, know, can we talk about how the original series has just so much more hand-to-hand -hand combat? Tons of hand-to-hand. -to -hand. And you know what? For a television show in the series, in the 60s, I mean, it's not choreographed that badly. The four-on-one battle with Spock is pretty good. Like, yeah. And Spock just takes it to them. But with, every, every episode that we've watched, both... Yeah. 
like for boldly blinking in this. Of the There's been a series, brawl. So many hand to hand. Yeah, not even a, not even a one on one fist fight. Like a brawl. Like yeah. there's a bar brawl or there's this brawl. They just it was it, it's another st- it's an hilarious staple of the series that they're like yeah you have to have a lot of people punching the crap out of each other. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah, good or bad. It doesn't matter. That's just part of this the neutral just background. The thing. This is just ha- this is just what happens. Is everyone punch? Yeah, th- that hasn't changed between universes. No. The fact that there needs to be a big dust up punch fest absolutely has to happen, no matter what. Can we jump around a little bit yep. and also talk about uh, the Bones and Spock um, mind meld and how sexual it is? How long it takes where they just stare into each other's eyes? It's really sexual. It's quite something. I've never really, I never really clued into how intimate and kind of sexual a mind meld really is Mm -hmm. it's very that's an extremely intimate thing to do it's for sure an intimate thing and that makes sense when you actually think it through past just whatever but it it's like intimate in like a kind of sexual manner yeah not to make this too much like a boldly mocking episode but do you think that the that uh vulcans mind meld and bang at the same time it's an interesting question. Like, you if, they, if you really wanted to be, like, super, super intimate? Probably, because... Is that what Ponfar is? Well, in several instances, it's implied that Vulcans, when they do Ponfar with other races, tend to know things about them afterwards, right? Oh, okay. So yeah. there might be a certain level of that that happens, oh. yeah. Maybe it's not full-on mind meld, but maybe... Again, not mom- to put too much into future episodes, but... Just the knowledge lends itself well to this particular discussion. I believe in an episode of Enterprise where it's established that T'Pol and uh, Trip do that, she knows things about him afterwards and even, I think, implants suggestions in his mind during such a thing. Yes. I think that is in the Enterprise yeah. Dark Mirror yeah. episodes. Yeah. So, yeah. which would mean the implication is, yeah, there's probably a little bit of that going on at the same time. So they have sex in Inception. In, incep- yeah, Inception which sex. Which is terrifying. When, a prob- and no, no, no. It's not Inception sex, because that would just be like them making you think that you had sex in a dream, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's sex within but, Inception. Yeah. It would be... No, it would be Inception in sex. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, and it, which means if we follow Just Inception, terrifying. if we follow Inception rules, it takes an awfully long time, for sure. Because of course everything's long, much slower in the yeah, separate levels, so we're sure. talking multiple. Yeah, but. What I liked Do you about think it even multiple m- orgasm just means multiple levels. Yeah, maybe each one is the same. All, they all happen at the same There's time. It's like a cascade of orgasms, but yeah. they all getting slower and slower <laughs> as as you go deeper and deeper in. Well, that um, hey, <laughs> that, that's a whole other topic conversation. <laughs> what I like about it is, it, is Spock does say he's going to mind meld with him, but only after staring into his eyes for like a good fifteen <laughs> seconds, like just moving him around and just staring at him, and the whole time Bones is just giving him this look, like, okay, so are we doing this? Yeah. Like, it's quite something. Yeah, such an inf- intimate moment. It's a good thing that uh, Kirk didn't see that he would ha- he might have been jealous. He no, most definitely his like number two, number three man having that kind of an experience. Yeah, unless they all just uh, get together and and bang one out together. I mean, threesome. You know, this one, two, been, three. This has been discussed before. <laughs> um, speaking of. Kirk jumping around a, l- a little bit as well. Yep. Another thing that I have written down is what the hell is the little button in his room that he can like kill people with? That is literally the Deus Ex Machina button. That's just a uh, how but, did like is it a is it is it a laser? It is, is it never a... explained what it is. <laughs> what is it? It's a how does he aim it? It's a make your apparently you just turn the button and it it shows on the screen who you want to aim it at and then you shoot it. We don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
but yeah, it, do it, all captains have it? Is it just on their no, ship? No, I think it's implied that he found it because mm-hmm. his lady says that you know, think about it, the rise of yeah, the the famous James Kirk, beca- all because of an alien artifact you found on a like on a random planet oh, the, the, somewhere. Okay, that button is the that button is the artifact that he found. I mean, That's the thing. It would be hard to beat someone that can sit in a that room. Can just make you disappear <laughs> pushing a button. Because he could just lock himself in the room and kill anyone. Yeah. And exactly. just and just use like the intercom being like, I see you all the time. He's yeah. like a terrifying big brother. Or like, nineteen eighty four. <laughs> if you combine that with nineteen eighty four, that's a, the worst thing ever. It's a horror movie. Yeah. He's horror movie he's horror movie Santa Claus. He's he will <laughs> see you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. And instead of giving you coal, he'll just erase you from existence. He's a horror movie Santa Claus. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's never explained. It's literally just make your plot problems go away button of <laughs> bye-bye, gone. Like, that's that's what it is. Yeah. It's like a, a evil universe version of, uh, what's the easy button? Was it Staples that had the easy button? Do you oh, remember those oh things? Oh, God. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> it just, is. Like, push it, it was like, big, that was easy. That was the easy button. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if you combined that, though, with the killing thing and you just pushed it? <laughs> well, that was that easy. Was easy. <laughs> Oh dear! That's the dark universe that's, of Staples. Yeah, that is the, the, the dark universe version of Staples. Does that? It's like have an awesome office problem. Remove death. Deborah from accounting. Bing! That was yeah. easy. But it'd be death by by Staples though. You just have like a million Staples yeah. dropped on you. No, nope, dropped on you. They'd have to be stapled into you. Like if you dropped a million Staples on someone, it wouldn't kill them. If you dropped a million Staples on someone, it would kill them. I don't think so. It'd be pretty individual. Heavy. Individual or boxes. Just as an, you, as an if agglomeration. You, if, you, if you dropped them as individuals, I don't think that would kill. No, them. not one at a time, but, yeah, but as an agglomeration. But not of like not like you know how you can buy them and they're like yeah. all stuck together. I mean, if they were separate and you dropped them, I don't think that would kill someone. I, I think the combined weight of a million staples would be quite a lot. I'm sure that it would be a lot, but I don't think it would be enough to kill someone. Well, this is research for another time. Here, this is question number one, uh, listeners. Do you think having a million staples dropped on you as an individual collection would kill you or not? I don't want to hear what you think, listeners. I want a scientist out there to tell us the truth. I want a Mythbusters. Ah, Yes, even better. If If anyone knows the answer to this, please let us know. Be our Mythbusters. Okay, on that note. You should just have a Mythbuster question in every episode. (laughs) Yeah. I think we'll come up with something. We'll be like, all right, guys. Rocky Man Explores Mythbuster Myth, questions. Mythbuster questions. Please tell me ridiculous things that I do not know. Uh, all right. So I think we've already answered this, but to, to sum up, like, why did this story have to be alternate universe? I mean, I think we both elucidated that pretty well because it had to be what if the bad guys won and everybody was evil? Like, And also, what if these characters that you love are evil? Yeah. It, it didn't... If this was done now, I don't think you'd even have to say it was an alternate dimension, anything like that. You'd just do it as, like, an alternate history, uh, sort of like a... This could, I, I think... But you know what, though? Like, while that is the, the, the goal, clearly the goal of this story, yep. if you did this now... It wouldn't be very well received, I don't think. Like, no. in, to the to the level that this episode is so widely loved and like pretty well received. Yeah, it's got like a really great. Rev- I don't know what the right way to say it, but like it's pretty well respected as an episode. But like plot wise, it actually isn't that strong. Like compared to what we we have now. No, not a whole lot happens. And and like, but my point being that you know the Buffy episode where yeah. they show the evil version of their characters through like an alternative universe. It's such a stronger story that like the way that they've built how that would happen is so much stronger and it's more poignant 
of like their character as being evil just because of how strong it is as like a story. And well, and they also go further with it. Like a lot of them are dead or dying or all sorts of. Well, like... I mean, they're vampires, which yeah. does like lend itself easy to flipping them to be evil. But I'm yeah. just saying though, like that that desire to juxtapose these characters that you love as being like this is what they are that when you love them and this is what yeah. they are when they're totally totally evil and remorse remorseless. That's a stronger way of telling it than this. Yeah, like this is a pretty cookie cutter. Like, now they're bad. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, I don't know enough about history of everything to go back that far, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still one of the first takes on the concept. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, is yeah. that, like, there, it is... It's why it's still viewed well, because it's one of the first takes on the on the concept of. It doesn't have to be an alternate universe episode. It could be, you could, you could say, what if, instead of, oh, we got switched by dimensions, and it would almost work just as well. Yeah, it, it almost would have been stronger if they had done... I mean, I think this might be why, and, and I, we'll talk about this when we talk about the Enterprise episode, yeah. but this might have been the reason why... The Enterprise episodes actually did what they did when yep. they said that they showed how it went different of that mm -hmm. single event that went different and did it more of like a butterfly effect. Like this mm -hmm. single thing went differently and that's how they diverged. Yeah. That's a stronger storytelling rather than like this just is just a. This is how it is. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the point of like while it's clear why this had to be an alternative universe for yep. them to show what the characters are when they're bad and then, you know, reinforce that they're good in. The, the, mm -hmm. in the, the normal view, universe, the one that we're viewing, they normally. really missed out on why that universe is bad. Yeah, what it is. Yeah, there's no, there's, which is tough to do in one episode. It is. It's. It, it wouldn't have been easy to accomplish. But there's. You're right that there's no sort of. It just is. It is taken at face value. It is what it is, and that's just how you have to deal with it. I mean, a lot of the episodes, though, in the original series, is that's that. how it works. It's like yeah. this is the premise, and there's not a lot of sophistication in explaining like. The exposition of, yeah. of why. Which, again, just, fair enough. Which is fine. <laughs> yeah. But the, the Star Trek series did get better yeah. as they progressed. Yeah. Very much so. For sure. So from our audience, what I want to know is, well, it's a twofold question. After you myth bust our previous After you question. myth bust our million staple question, <laughs> specific to this particular universe, what would your Star Trek alternate universe person be? How many scars would you have or how big would your beard be? Mm -hmm. Or how many abs would you show off? Mm -hmm. Any of those questions. And if you had to wear a sash, which color sash would it be? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know. You know what we a... didn't talk about? What? What an alternative dark universe Tribble would be. Because we already have the beard that covers the entire body. Yeah. Scars would not be that visible. Nope. Sash would be impractical. Sash would be impractical. It wouldn't. It would have to be more of a belt. <laughs> They're already banging. Yeah. Or not... They're not banging. They're procreating. Yeah. In some way or another. Yeah. What does the evil look like? Maybe they're exactly the same. Much like or everything else in the maybe universe. they don't procreate like crazy. Maybe there's just one really awful one. That just like a just giant Giant tribble that just that eats everybody. Ate all the other tribbles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like the a, exact like a, inverse. Rather like a than, job of the hut type yeah, triple. Rather than its focus being on expansion at all possibilities, it's, it's just one singular one that has consumed all others. It's expanding by consumption rather yeah, than procreation. Exactly. And it's just, it's more of like... It's expanding by removing others rather than creating others. It's more of a reaction inverse than mm -hmm. a temperament inverse. A giant, all-consuming... Tribble is kind of terrifying. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's like living in a cave somewhere. Or it would either be living in a cave somewhere... Okay, not to conflate two different, very different franchises, yeah. but 
what I'm picturing is either it's Jabba the Hutt mm-hmm. or it's the sand monster. <laughs> like the monster that they're like holding. The Sarlacc. And it's like, just sitting <clears throat> in a hole and people drop and people, like, food feed, down it. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. that Yeah. Yeah. And it and it just it has had all other triples fed to it through yeah. there. Yeah. Nice. I think I would be a Jabba the Hutt type triple. Probably. In Dark Universe. And it would just But I would put I would put everyone in gold bikinis, not just not just the lady. Yeah, just everybody. Everyone. Why not? Yeah. Gold thongs for the dudes, gold, gold bikinis, bikinis for the ladies. And gold sashes for everyone. So many sashes. All the sashes. Perfect. No, I think that they would have red sashes. If they're wearing gold Ooh. bikinis. Yeah, you need some color contrast yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Who would you be in the dark universe? That's an what would the question. Rocket Man be in the Dark Universe? That's an excellent question. Mm-hmm. I'd be quiet. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'd be very quiet. You'd be really quiet. Very quiet and scheming. You'd be quiet and scheming and yeah. on one planet, yeah. not exploring anything. Exactly. But yeah. I'd just be the worst thing you could run into if you were there. But you, and, but and I wouldn't have a beard because I have not. a beard. But my whole face would be a, just one giant scar. Gi- giant scar. Like I just got hit in the no face beard. with a frying pan or yeah. something. Like just one sash or no scar. sash? Oh, sash. Absolutely. What, what, what color? Sash? A sparkly sash. I'm not sure what color, mm. but definitely sparkles. Mm. Yeah. So let Maybe us know. Maybe multicolored sparkle staff. Maybe sash. a rainbow sash. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So let us know. Let us know what you guys would support, listeners. So. Thank you very much for joining me and uh, my excellent compatriot, the Alexa the Tribble. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Now, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RocketmanTFGC. And if you like what you're hearing, by all means, please head over to RateYourPodcast.com slash RocketmanTFGC. You can leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much. And have yourselves a good evening, day, or whatever it is that you're listening. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.